The people, the places, and everything that makes country racing great. This is Bushbeat on Radio Tab. Homewood bound in the cup where it's Colpo di Tamburo challenged by Cusco Lad the fence. Festival Prince down the outside and here's Military Kings roaring home down the centre of the track. Wham is next. It's Military Kings striding up to them. Hit the front. Festival Prince is still there but it's a local victory because Military Kings raced away. Military Kings has won the money. It's beaten by the Festival Prince or overseas. Amazingly all Wham for next. Followed then by at the head of the rest there when they pulled up... That was the Warwick Cup on Saturday and Military Kings for Steph Lacey and Les Clark defeating Festival Prince overseas and amazingly in the Warwick Credit Union Warwick Cup for 2022. As we welcome you to Bushbeat for another week here on Radio Tab, rounding up all of the country news and plenty of news on the Cups this morning as the Queensland Country Cups Challenge continued last week. We're at Cloncurry on Friday and Emerald on Saturday. News out of those meetings. The Stampede qualifiers also continued. We're at Gainer on Saturday and uh, also a leg at Cloncurry on Friday. It was Mutterborough Cup Day last Saturday. It was Bowen Cup Day last Saturday. They also raced at Atherton. And we had the uh, news come through earlier in the week that the Cuttermulla meeting was uh, transferred to race at Bassett Park at Roma on the Sunday. So plenty of news to get through on the show today and plenty of special guests as well. And as always, Rob Luck is here to take a look at plenty of news this morning. G'day, Rob. Yeah, good morning, Tony. Good morning, listeners. Hope all is well in Brisbane today, um, Tony, and great to see these cups and country cups and country stampedes uh, featuring throughout uh, country racing. A very, very hectic weekend and a lovely story that we had come through from uh, an old friend of the program as well about the Warwick Cup win there on the weekend. Yeah, great to see Roger Kavanagh. Roger emailed me and thought he'd break his long spell from reporting from Warwick. As we know, in the earlier days, Roger continually would send in the reports and uh, he was on the bookmaking stand out there, so he didn't glean too much, he said, but he sent in a mighty report as always um, and we appreciate that uh, from you, Roger. And we heard that replay of Military Kings. Uh, what an impressive win. Actually watched that replay and uh, this Hassanay, ridden by Stephanie Lacey, uh, travelled so easily and won the race. Now, Tony, he's trained by uh, really the Warwick training patriarch, as uh, Roger refers to, Les Clark. And uh, great to see this result for the Clark stable. And look, it had been a long-range plan for this stable because the win was a fitting tribute to the contribution made by the Clark family over many decades. Uh, and it was in a very emotional win for the family as uh, Les's son Steve had passed away earlier this year. So great to see that uh, that side of racing coming through where you get these dream results. And it would have been, as uh, Roger reported, very emotional. Uh, and the horse was been in good form. He'd just been dogged by bad barri barriers and received uh, better luck this time with barrier two. But uh, great win there. Great ride for Steph Lacey. Sustained a wide run from the 800 metres and won by 3.3 lengths over a gallant Dolby Cup winner in Festival Prince. Also, out of uh, the, the locally uh, trained horses, of course, three of the nine races went to locally trained horses, which again uh, showed horses for courses. And the new market was one of them. It was one in a close finish by Magic in Me, trained by Gary Schwenke, the Holy Roman Emperor five-year-old, first up since May. Um, finished doggedly for a great training effort by that stable. And uh, well, well ridden by Rhiannon Payne, he had settled second behind Terraway leader Rex and charged through to beat Steinbrenner from the curry yard in a photo. But great news for Roger and his wife because they share in the ownership of this horse and he indicates they've had a great ride being an Aquas bred horse winning five of 27 starts.
And as we know, every owner wants to win a good hometown race. And considering the historical significance dating back to early Warwick racing, it'll go down as one of their good racing memories. And, of course, the race was sponsored by the Fraser family, well-known livestock transporters across eastern Australia and huge contributors over many years to a range of horse sports. But he did indicate the most impressive winner of the day was Calm Seeker for the Matt Crop Stable, demolishing the rivals in the benchmark 60 by 6.3 uh, lengths. Uh, so it was a good day. The track raced very well, soft six, and there'd been unseasonal rains and showers over the previous weeks. And interestingly, Roger did ask a committee man whether they had resorted to prayer to save one of the biggest meetings on their racing calendar. And it was reported to him that most committee men had worn their knees out, Tony. <laughs> and, Roger, we really appreciate getting that. And I don't think it'll be the last report you send in to us. No, I'd love to hear that news. And, uh, yeah, out of that meeting, Chris Taylor with a riding double. Well done to uh, others with multiple wins through the week at the tab meetings. Bubba Tilly had a double at Rockhampton on Tuesday and Ricky Vale trained a double at Callaghan Park. The uh, Townsville program on Thursday, Graham Cleesey with a riding treble and Stephen Bush with a training double. And we mentioned Clon Curry at the top of the show, Rob. Big day for them with their cup program on Saturday. Brooke Richardson and Jason Hoopert each rode doubles and Jay Morris uh, had a training double on the program. But the headline act, of course, was no innuendo in the Clon Curry Cup. The favourite, no innuendo, he skipped clear. He's a length and a half clear of Dukes County, who's come off the bid. Bottom line runs into the race as his favourite extends past the 400 metre mark by Ola Millie. Keep on loving news, running a cheeky race coming into it, and Doom drops off as the favourite, no innuendo, swings in. 275 to go, he's three in front of bottom line. Keep on loving you, Dukes County and Doom, but no innuendo. He's a mile in front of the Cloncurry Cup of 2020. 22. Hooper punches him right out, bottom line, and keep on loving you. Try hard, but no innuendo in a canter. Wins by four and a quarter leagues over bottom line. Keep on loving you, Dukes County. Then we had Doom Mopar, too hot to hold. Yes, the Long Curry Cup for 2022, and uh, no innuendo saluting there for Jason Hooper and Mark Oates. Also at the program, Rob, they had a country stampede qualifier and splash a successful for Jay Doolan and John Mansman. And mentioning Jade, it was great to catch catch up with both at the uh, the Racing Queensland Awards uh, at City Hall in Brisbane on Sunday night. And uh, Jade was there looking uh, really outshining uh, John as she usually does, no matter where <laughs> she goes. But she also uh, was awarded with the, uh, the Racing Queensland Apprentices School Student of the Year trophy, which was lovely to see. Yeah, congratulations to Jade on that. I think she's almost completed the whole course in a very short period of time too, Tony, just quietly. And Talia Fenland getting the Apprentice of the Year, I think, the award. And I had a feeling you would be at that particular <laughs> gala at an event. But, uh, look, those couple of wins out of Cloncurry, just to briefly mention there, and, of course, there were a couple of earlier impressive ones, Jay Morris and Brooke Richardson, you mentioned, with a double with Louisel and Fabra. But no innuendo, this this meeting is, is going to be one of those meetings, I think, where form lines shine through, and it shines through also from the Longreach Cup meeting, which no innuendo finished second to Centaur, beaten three lengths, and uh, it's backed it up with an impressive win over bottom line that was an unlucky runner in a different race on the Longreach Cup meeting. So this horse has won through to 1,600 and he's really maturing at the right time. Uh, going to be a big chance going into the final. And, of course, uh, Johnny Mansman has the uh, enviable task now of qualifying, I suppose, Splasher, because he's only had the two 
non-TAB runs with a win at Twin Hills. He's an interesting runner uh, by Super 1, and he's won from 800 to 1,000. I think only once did he extend out to the 1,100, which is going to make it interesting for the country stampede. But, uh, look, it was very impressive leading all the way on a good ride by Jay Doolan. Uh, and uh, Splasher certainly has uh, earned his place in the final. Both are going to be serious contenders. And as I said, it's the sort of meeting, I think, this meeting, where you're going to find some good form lines come through it, being that TAB country standard. Uh, but to see those two features on the one day, uh, it was great to see. And it just continued the trend across country Queensland because at Emerald on the weekend, we also were to see a, a heat of the country cups uh, challenge. Yes, uh, the unfortunate part, uh, however, though, and we'll talk more about this with our next guest, the winner uh, is ineligible for the final, or not eligible perhaps is the uh, the correct term there, under the uh, the Metro wins clause. We'll talk more about the win of Bay Rish in the Emerald 100 as Scott Power joins us on Bushbeat this morning. G'day, Scotty. Hey, good morning, boys. Good morning, everyone. Yeah, good morning to you, Scotty. The first thing I'm going to say, Scotty, is, boy, that Emerald track looked beautiful on the weekend. Is it back to its glory days with what's the work that's been done? Mate, um, it was in tip-top condition. I think it's the best I've seen it for, for quite a number of years, Robbie. Um, a good um, blend of grass across the top. It's um, good coverage. Uh, very, you know, green. They've got the sprinkler system back in operation. Um, and, uh, yeah, Raymond Williams and the committee up there are doing a great job. Uh, the amenities were in tip-top condition. The crowd was there in big numbers. And another very, very successful Emerald 100 race day. And the Emerald 100 itself, it took me back. I've got to mention this, Scotty. It took, the way the winner won, Bayerish, took me back to one of the greatest wins I've seen in the Emerald 100, namely by the greatest, which <laughs> I've got to admit I had a part ownership in. Um, but it reminded me of it so much with an all-the-way winning ride on Colin Lennon. The only difference was he led all the way. The greatest uh, gave up the lead halfway. But from the 600, this is where both of those winners really dominated the race. Yeah, Bayerish, um, dictated terms in front. Um, Cole Lennon um, just made a recent return back to race riding. Um, he had a, a serious injury back uh, some six years ago and, and Colin back into the saddle for about four weeks. Uh, teamed up with Tommy Smith and Bayerish, uh, raced by Jesse Beek, Neville Millen, Bear Rawlinson, Kelly Rawlinson and Christy Clark. Congratulations to the Connections on winning the Emerald 100. Um, as you said before, Bayerish doesn't qualify, but Colin dictated terms in front and on Bayerish and was able to kick away before the turn and had a had a big lead and Package was the only one giving chase at the time and as it turns out Package can now qualify uh, for that race uh, the final for the uh, Country Cups Challenge but no congratulations to the connections uh, the trainer Tommy Smith of Bayerish Colin Lennon the rider uh, the feeding Package Lily Barr and Joe Halpin and winding up in third spot was Coach one of three Rodney Hay gallopers in the race uh, Olivia Kendall uh, trained by Rodney Hay. Uh, yeah, very good crowd. Uh, in that race, <clears throat> Merganella didn't jump at all. And when they went past the post the first time, I, I only got through the seven runners. And, and as you know, you got your binoculars on the field and I couldn't actually see where Merganella was. And, and as it turns out, I heard the radio in the background with the, the steward con contact and the starter. And I, they got over to the back straight, uh, still no Merganella. And, and I just glanced to me right. And when they got past the 1300, I could see the clerk of the course um, luckily, um, with Merganello in, in, in hand, taking it back to the enclosure. But as it turns out, Merganello stood in the stalls, just refused the budge, and I dare say that there would have been a close call about to be made when they went past the 1300 because 
it could possibly have been a no race had they not got Bergen all out because the barriers were still on the track at that time and it could have been a very, very ordinary situation that did develop it. Yeah, no, good work by the starter and, uh, um, you know, all the attendance and the clerk of the course to get Merganella back to the, to the um, enclosure and it was declared a runner. But, yeah, no, that was just one of the things that did happen and can happen on a race day and, and in particular in the Emerald 100. Just uh, talking about the uh, the winner there, and we mentioned that it's not eligible for the final. Under the conditions of the Country Cups Challenge final, it's restricted to horses that have not won a metropolitan race uh, in the period 1st of December 2020 through to 30, 30th of November this year. So I went looking to try and work out when it all happened. Bay Reach has yeah. been with Tommy Smith since February, and prior to that was with Stewie Kendrick, and it actually won the opening race on Ipswich Cup Day last year, June 19. That was the Bundamba two-year-old plate, uh, defeating Millwood and Durrani. And I would imagine that uh, in winning that, they probably had some, some pretty high sort of ambitions for, for Bayrish, but things just didn't work out that way and moved on and found a new home, winning some good races, but uh, unfortunately not eligible now for the Queensland Country Cups final. Yeah, and I was just talking to Tom just before um, before I come on, on air, and um, he just said that it had been a little bit disappointing, Bayrish, because he, he did have a good, a good um, opinion of it, and in particular with those... Um, three- and four-year-old races in the north earlier in the year, and um, he thought it would have been a big chance uh, the week before in Mackay, finishing third that day. Um, but, yeah, he thought he'd give it a crack at the Emerald 100. He said it, he knew it, he couldn't qualify, uh, but uh, with the new rule, you can actually start in the race if you haven't had the, the five runs or you, you, you cannot qualify. So, mm. as you said, Tony, yeah, it was a $75,000 race that it did win at Ipswich on that day. So, uh, yeah, Bayer is definitely out of calculations for the final, and... It's now up to uh, connections of package. They may get next choice. I guess that's the thing, isn't it, Rob? That it really does then highlight these are still great races to go and target these uh, various qualifiers. It's lovely then if you do qualify and start thinking about the uh, the final at Durban come December. But at the same time, there's some great prize money and uh, some very prestigious races to win along the way. Yeah, I think that's the important thing why that clause is in there so people can win their hometown cups or in this case the Emerald 100 which we all try to, to win if we've got a horse particularly out this way, Tony and I think it's a clause that works pretty well uh, and people know the conditions when they go into it and uh, I'm sure uh, Tom Smith and the team geez, are doing a great job, uh, young Tom Smith but I'm sure they un they understand that and it's the prestige of winning an Emerald 100 that's so important but Scotty, there were some some really good races on the day and of course um, the Lightning Handicap was another feature on your day and great to see Paul Hamlin, he's in winning form but look at that, 66.5 kilos for Star of O'Reilly yeah, no, that was a very, very good race, the Lightning. Um, we only had the five runners, um, as you said, Robbie, but um, we thought that it anticipated um, that the pair would pair off and fight the race out and, and saying Star of O'Reilly and Arwanichi because Godfather's Girl set the tempo up front. Uh, but then the other pair got the better of them when they straightened up. Arwanichi came to the outside and handled him on the inside run with Star of O'Reilly. And, gee, it's good to see him bounce back and, and bounce back in a big way, Star of O'Reilly. Uh, 66 and a half kilos. Uh, trained by Paul Hamblin, uh, sorry, trained by Raymond Williams and ridden to perfection by Paul Hamblin, uh, defeating the stablemate Arwanichi, uh, Ash Butler, and finishing in third spot was Attacker Beal, uh, one from the Clint Taylor stable, ridden by Olivia Kendall. Now, this is a, a very good run against some quality gallopers because it was a big step up in grade, and, um, yeah, far from disgrace she was, Attacker Beal, finishing in third spot. But I think you, you may see both those runners uh, contesting the Stampede qualifiers and, and I'd say uh, more than likely both will probably contest the final um, in Brisbane in December. 
Yeah, they've been there before and uh, competed very successfully. And you mentioned two jockeys' names there, Ash Butler and Olivia Kendall. They featured on the day with uh, winners apiece. Yeah, Olivia sort of opened proceedings up with uh, the Freddie Smith train, Valtino. Gee, this is an impressive win to break its uh, maiden status. Olivia bounced it out, got to the front, um, and got away to a good lead when they straightened up. It was very, very strong the last 100 metres of the race and, and won very, very well by seven and a quarter lengths. Uh, by Heroic Valor, raced by Ron Valbeek and Jesse Beek, and Jesse part owned uh, bookend of the program, so to speak, because he's also the part owner of Bayerish. So, congratulations to all. Uh, Valtino getting the full complement of cutest money. Uh, defeated Country Boys for Lily Barr and Craig Smith, and winding up in third spot uh, was Queen Bean for Chris McIver and Philip Pangeli. But yeah, no, that was a very, very impressive win uh, to open proceedings up. Now, the third event on the card was the Anderson's Emerald uh, Benchmark 55. That was over 1,200 metres. And and you bet I do, with Jay Doolan on the saddle, um, came from well back in the field, as did the runner-up. But you bet I do, first up since May, uh, raced very well fresh and, and was a very good winner. Defeating Farmer's Friend uh, could have been uh, great to call him home, but he, he was just uh, in the minor end of the prize once again. Farmer's Friend, Nathan Day and Glenda Bell and Emperor of Light, Olivia Kendall and Raymond West winding up in third spot. And the other winner on the day, this was this was a 10 out of 10 ride by Ash Butler on uh, filet for Mark Patterson. Uh, bounced it straight to the front, was able to dictate terms in front, uh, kicked it away when they straightened up and was mild too good for them. Uh, very good win. Uh, defeating She's Our Empress, uh, Chaz Chambers and Jenny Bell. And winding up in third spot was Dilius for Olivia Kendall and Bill Tremble. Uh, yeah, so Olivia ended up taking at the jockey's uh, rider of the day and a tie for the trainers between Raymond Williams and Glenda Bell and and overall, it was a great day once again. Uh, it's always a great weekend up there, Emerald 100 weekend. They had the Calcutta Friday night. Uh, pretty good crowd in attendance on that day. There was over 60 guests there, and, and everyone enjoyed themselves. And, and of course, then you get to the uh, big day, and, and the marquee was once again chocker block, and the crowd was there in good numbers. And, and once again, a good good effort, and congratulations to the club on and what they did. And, um, yeah, good to see people back at the track, uh, particularly for what we've been through the last couple of years. And I take it, Scotty, there were plenty of winning tips in the marquee and, um, of course, uh, happy punters going home. Yeah, no, they um, they had a great day down there. Um, they play a few games, et cetera, down there now. And, um, you know, it's a good little, um, you know, good little atmosphere and uh, all the tables get involved and um, they do the, their own little fashion fashion job and uh, fashions of the field judging takes place. And, uh, yeah, overall, it was a great day and... Um, yeah, the, the conditions were okay. It wasn't all that warm. Um, we had a slight breeze blowing across the track uh, for most of the day, and it was a very, very comfortable sort of day. Am I right in thinking the next Emerald meeting might be their tab card coming up in November? It's uh, Saturday, November 12? Yeah, that's correct, Tony. Uh, 12th of November, that's uh, that's a Saturday, and, um, yeah, it's a, it's a tab meeting. So uh, we've got one then, and I think there's another one in January, around the 24th of January. That's um, the next couple of meetings we've got here out here at Pioneer Park. Have you got we'll anything else forward. coming up in the meantime? Mate, that'll be my next one, uh, the 12th. Um, of course, we've got no racing on Melbourne Cup Day. Now, uh, Rocky don't race Melbourne Cup Day either. There's only the Gladstone meeting, Mackay meeting, I think, Bundaberg uh, on Cup Day, and there may be one out your way, Robbie. Now, ours has been moved to uh, 4th of December, actually. Um, the uh, there were, Oh, well, there was an indication that there was a, a shortage of stewards being able to 
cover the meetings and an option was given to the club to consider racing uh, alternatively in uh, December. So uh, Longreach isn't racing either on Melbourne Cup Day. Yeah, I think there's a, a shortage there of, of jockeys around the place as well and mm. it's something we've struggled with over the years. Enough riders, enough stewards, enough volunteers and uh, I guess, yeah, something had to give eventually and it's uh, unfortunate that it's going to be Melbourne Cup Day but there's still going to be plenty of race meetings on around the state uh, looking at uh, the 1st of November. Eagle Farm, Gold Coast, Sunshine Coast, Mackay, Cumbia, Gladstone, Toowoomba, Townsville, Mount Isa, Bundaberg, Redcliffe Harness, Greyhounds, Capalaba, <laughs> Ipswich, Townsville. You can still find a racetrack to get to if you try hard. Gee, there's plenty. There's plenty on all right, mate. <laughs> Certainly enough to all keep All I busy. know, Tony, is that we get that day off due to the Melbourne Cup, but it's the following week when we report on Bushbeat. It, it, it's good in a way that we've probably got a few less to report on. It won't be such a race to finish in time. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> Scotty, always a pleasure to catch up following the Emerald 100. Shame we couldn't get out there this year, but we'll see what we can do in 2023. Hey, boys, look forward to it. Uh, good morning to you. Thanks again. Uh, Rob, the uh, the country stampede legs, I was saying before, we were at Cloncurry on the weekend, Gainder as well on the weekend. The Country Cups Challenge uh, had us at Cloncurry and Emerald. And looking at the next legs of each coming up this weekend, uh, Stanthorpe Cup and the Blackhall Cup are each legs of the Country Cups Challenge. Uh, then we head off to the Clifton Cup and the Home Hill Cup on the 22nd and the 29th, respectively. Yupoon Cup on the 29th as well. Melbourne Cup Day, the Cumbia Cup on the 1st of November. November 5, the Cooktown Cup and the uh, Western Queensland Cup at Quilpie. And the Roma Cup wraps up that series on the 19th of November. And as far as the Stampede qualifiers go, this weekend we have one at Stanthorpe and the Johnston River Open Quality at Innisfail. Then uh, that Gladstone meeting on the 22nd uh, has an 11.94 metre open as a stampede qualifier. On the 29th, we have an 1,100 metre open quality at Bar Calden. On Melbourne Cup Day, there's a 1,090 uh, metre open qualifier, uh, open quality to qualify from Bundaberg. Uh, Saturday, the 5th of November, we've got three legs, Chinchilla, Morumbar and Quilpie. Then we're back at Blackhall on the 12th of November, as well as uh, the uh, Herbert River Jockey Club meeting at Ingham that day. Atherton have a leg on the 19th of November and also a leg at Roma on their cup program on the 19th of November. So we're getting into the teeth of it and still a fair way to go. There certainly is and uh, it really adds a dimension of interest each weekend to this country racing but also as does the Burn It to the Beach series, Tony, that I know you keep tabs on religiously each week and uh, there was a big win in that particular series at Gainder on the weekend that Paul Dolan will report on as we uh, hear James Atelli winning the uh, Burn It to the Beach benchmark 55. It's James and Ellie with 400 metres to go, about a length in front of Rural Rebel. Now, coming around them out wide there with a good run is Cutting Loose as they come on towards the home turn. Just back behind them, comments has uh, made up a length or two there with a pretty clever ride, I'd say. It's going to pop one off the fence to try and tear down these leaders. James and Ellie, the first one round the turn, didn't deviate at all as they run down the straight. Rutto is coming after it, gamely on the outside. James and Ellie's in front. Rutto's still a length away. James and Ellie in front of Lutto. Then comments getting through late but James at Alley's clear and James at Alley has won the day comments is second and Rutto ran third they're followed then by run the cutter Adam Spinks and Gary Clem combining with James Atelli taking out the Gordon family burn it to the beach benchmark 55 Rob the second leg of the burn it to the beach series for 22 23 or 20 22 23 if you like we started last week at Eisvolt this week at Gainer and those dulcet tones are back with us Paul Dolan good morning Hello, gentlemen. Good morning, all. Yeah, good morning to you, Paul. And that sound of 
a pretty dominant win in the end for the Gary Clem train galloper, James Atelli. And Adam Spinks, has Adam been out of the saddle for a little while, Paul? Because I, I hadn't seen his name of late, so good to see him back in the winner's circle. Uh, I didn't uh, I didn't quiz him on that one, but, um, yeah, good observation. Uh, yeah, good to see him back. A $3 favourite, so it was pretty popular with the putters. Uh, James Atelli led all the way, or most of the way, as you heard in the replay there. But on the five-event program, we saw a couple of the winners, including one of them come from Stone Cold Motherless last. So it wasn't, uh, you know, it wasn't a leader-biased track. It's just that um, some of the leaders come home, uh, you know, at the end of the day. The Country Stampede is something we've been featuring on. Of course, uh, the Side and a Cattle Company Country Stampede Qualifier featured at Gainder. Now, what can you tell us about Mr Vista? Uh, this horse ridden by Morgan Butler and Wendy uh, Benito. Um, a photo finish winner over Coat of Arms, but it seemed a pretty uh, good depth to that field as well. Yeah, there were um, there were 10 runners. And fair dick, when they turned for home, I thought there was 10 chances. They just fanned across the track and didn't know where to look, and Mr. Vista was one of them, was last at one stage, and, and just got to the outside and uh, and stormed down the uh, down the down the centre of the track to get up for literally a last stride uh, win by a half head. So it was um, Mr. Vista for, uh, as you say, Wendy Bannero. Wendy Bannero, she's based over at the Sunshine Coast. Gainder only have two meetings a year, but Wendy's there at most of them. And Morgan Butler, the uh, the winning rider, got in by a, a half head margin over. Um, over coat of arms, and then it was a dead heat for third. So you can see what a close finish it was. Dynamic verse and no better affair, dead hitting for third placing. But Mr Vista had been out of the money lately. Um, he's now won five of his 13 starts. He's a show of heart yelling, and uh, he was a $10 chance in that uh, race. The favourite, Fair Fella, was $3.10, the top weight. Finished eight but, eight, but only four lengths from the winner. Again, underlying what a competitive race that was. Tony, you might know there if Mr. Vista is uh, qualified on the current conditions. Let me have a little uh, squiz there. Not eligible at the moment. Insufficient country starts, but coat of arms and dynamic verse are each qualified. Similar sort of situation to what we saw with the John Manselman trained splasher at Cloncurry on Friday. And I guess that gives the, the opportunity now for Wendy to try and qualify Mr. Vista by getting up enough country starts. Yeah. Um, but Paul... I mentioned uh, last week a combination that's going extremely well in Crystal Johnson and uh, Hannah Richardson. Well, they probably combine with one of the most impressive winners on the day. And as well as that, Hannah ended up riding a double. But this win by Craigley Levee, super impressive, over eight lengths. Yeah, uh, very rarely do you see a horse win anywhere by eight lengths, let alone in a race over 1,000 metres. You know, a long race, maybe they might string out a bit more. But this 1,000-metre race, Craigley Levee went straight to the front from uh, from back barrier number ten, I might add, in the field of ten, and um, was just uh, dominant all the way. It had the one start early in the year, and ran last at um, Rockhampton. She's a filly, anyway. Put away for a good long break, and uh, first up she romped home. Hannah Richardson, as you say, a seven dollar shed. So the uh, the Johnson stable didn't really bet up to any extent, uh, but they did pick up, as is the case with most of the Craigley horses, when they when they're in the money. The cutest bonus. So it was a nine and a half thousand dollar maiden victory prize money was and hannah also rode persian front for joy banks to victory in the benchmark 60 yeah she's on fire she rode four of the five winners at Eidsville the previous saturday hannah and uh, a double there at um at gainder on saturday the favorite in that maiden plate level one just got a long way back three dollars fifty uh, wound up eight got a long way back it's quite a quite a sizable downhill run from about 
probably the 700 to about the 400 there at Gainer. And a lot of horses just don't come down that hill all that well. That's all I could put level one uh, as dis- disappointing display uh, play too because it's shown a bit of promise at its previous start. So maybe if you, if you were there on Saturday and back to level one, um, give him an, or give her another chance next up. I was going to ask you about the track because I heard in some of the calls that came through on uh, the regional cast uh, coverage there on Saturday, you had them coming down Corrigan's Dip. Who's uh, Corrigan? Where's that come from? No, mate, that's one that a few of the race callers have employed over the years. It's uh, one of the major tracks in England. It's either Cheltenham or Ascot, Ascot as they call it. There's a big dip coming down towards the home turn and the callers often refer to it as Corrigan Dip. Gotcha. So... (laughs) I, I mentioned it to the great Greg Miles one day, and then he threw it in at Sandown when they were coming down the hill at Sandown. And a few of us have done it since you'll hear Anthony Collins or myself throw in the, a Corrigan dip every, every now and then, named after a famous um, landmark on a track in England. Oh, there you go. He was me thinking it was like a famous local family or something like that. <laughs> uh, sorry about that. No, a Corrigan dip can, in fact, Anthony Collins threw it in at the Arbordale Trots one day. There was a bit of a dip in the track and he threw it in at the... <laughs> it's a clicky thing among among the race callers. Oh, it's, it's anyway, still nice. That's you've got to have a decent size. You've got to have a decent size dip. And I'll tell you what, I'm going to Stanthorpe this Saturday and they've got a big Corrigan there as well. So probably get a run again. The Burner to the Beach series uh, heads to Cumbia on Melbourne Cup Day, then Mount Perry on the 12th of November and the last couple of legs for 2022 take us to Nanango on December 3rd and Esk on December 17. And then there's a further five legs coming up in March, April, May next year. Uh, but after two legs, uh, we've got a runaway leader in the trainers tally at the moment. Bob Murray with 26 points, leading uh, Gary Clem on 10 and eight points apiece to Liam Birchley and Daryl Gardner. Uh, also a runaway uh, tally there for the uh, the jockey, and I think Kelly Gates is uh, defending her title from last season. Uh, she has 18 points ahead of Sarah Robbins on 11, and Adam Spinks on uh, Adams on no, Adams on 11, and uh, then uh, I've got my notes confused here. Shania Willis is on eight, and as far as the horse tally goes at the moment, we're looking at uh, comments with a couple of placings, 15 points ahead of James Italia, no better affair on 10 points apiece. So, yeah, comments is trained here by Bob Murray. He targets this uh, this bonus series every year. As you say, it goes over about five months, maybe mm. six months. But uh, Bob sets his country uh, standard horses for them specifically, and uh, he's uh, based in Eidsvold. In fact, he's the only trainer based in Eidsvold, which is about an hour north of Gainda. So he's sort of strategically placed to go wherever the Burnett Beach uh, races are. And, yeah, he's uh, chasing it again, as, as you say, Tony, Kelly Gates. And Stanthorpe for you, as you said, uh, Stanthorpe Cup Day coming up Saturday. Yeah, yeah. I'm um, looking forward to that one. Uh, excellent prize money all day, and there's a cu- couple of um, qualifying races there for the uh, the Stampede and the uh, the other one. So, uh, yeah, look forward to that. They always have a massive crowd there at uh, Stanthorpe on uh, on their Cup Day. They're a once-a-year job coming up this, um, this this Saturday. Tony, just one one other thing I'd like to mention, if I could. Uh, Gainder, uh, through the public and at the Grand Hotel... Had two special guests there for the uh, for the entire weekend, including the races. None other than Miracle Mel Johnson, and uh, a lot of people remember this guy, Jeff Dimmick. He was a top cricketer, mm. played in the late seventies through to nineteen eighty, a Queensland cricketer, an all rounder, primarily a bowler, left arm bowler, left arm medium to fast bowler. So I'd met Mel Johnson once before, but I'd never met Jeff before, and um, they just uh, thoroughly enjoyed the uh, the whole weekend. So it was a case of. Um, you know, when people heard Mel Johnson and Jeff Dimmick were going to be there, they uh, they went to the races, they went to the pub, and, and uh, everybody, uh, I'm sure, enjoyed the company and the, the yarns that those gentlemen had to tell. Oh, yeah, you always love a good yarn, and you know that Miracle will tell you a good yarn. doesn't matter whether it's true or not, but you know there's going to be a, a good yarn <laughs> you got, you coming got to, out of M. Johnson. 
you got a minute? I'll give you one. It's it's a clean one. Kingston Town's first start. Uh, he'd been he'd been uh, working well in track work. Johnson had been riding him, and Tommy Smith was the trainer. But Smith, Tommy was away, and his brother Ernie was uh, looking after the stable. And Mel said to Ernie, "This will win a maiden wherever you put it." So they nominated it for a midweek maiden at Canterbury. Back from nine to two to seven to four, and uh, ran five lengths behind the second last horse in a field of thirteen. Never went a yard, Kingston Town that first start. They came back to scale, and there's Ernie. He was fuming. He was known to have a bet, and he was fuming. And he said to Malcolm, "What went wrong?" And Malcolm said, "Well, I can't offer any explanation. He just wasn't interested at all. Um, Pepsi, uh, Pepsi should be gelded." And Ernie Smith said, "I think the jockey should be gelded." Now, <laughs> <laughs> he and Mal, Mal said Kingston Town was gelded the next day, but fortunately, all these years later, Mal's age sixty-five now. Um, He's still intact. <laughs> and it's wonderful hey. you can still share great stories like that. And, and, and Kingston Town, he won everything from then. So the, yeah. the gelding uh, mm. issue, three months later, he, he won his first next start and uh, the rest is history. Obviously, uh, all uh, worked very well. Great to catch up, Mel, Paul. Mel, we'll talk yeah, soon. Just one, yeah, Mel said one thing, which I, don't, <laughs> I found it quite incredible. He said he doesn't really reckon he deserves all the accol- accolades for the 25 wins he had on Kingston Town because he said it was just a matter of sitting there and steering them. Steering the, steering the horse, and he said that Paul Dolan or the publican in Gainder could have won races on him. <laughs> he must have been an easy horse to ride. We'll catch up soon, Paul. See you soon. Hello. Paul Dolan reporting in there from uh, what happened to Gainder on the weekend. We had uh, plenty of other cups to cover as well. It was Muttaburra Cup Day Saturday. As they come down and approach the 400 metres mark, these two are well out in front. Music Award pestering on the outside of Zukaz. They're going to straighten up well in front of uh, the cruiser. The odds-on favourite looking to go forward. Dr. Demon being hunted along the inside. And then the outside is American Genius and Zillator. Zukaz, he straightens up and he gets a clear break. Zukaz, the cruiser's trying to raise a challenge. But Zukaz, he's an open company sprinter. He's a genuine horse. He goes through the line and takes it by four lengths on the cruiser. And then we go back into 32 Award ran a nice Tim Brummel with a riding double on the day and Boy Foster also with a, a big day at the office there. Rob Zukaz was one of three winners for Henry on Saturday at Mutterborough. Great day out for Boy Forster and Timmy Brummel and also Jason Babarovich. They squared the ledger with a double apiece, those two jockeys. But Zukaz, he's a tremendous old horse. He's now an eight-year-old. And this form again comes through the uh, the Longreach meeting, the Longreach Cup TAB meeting. Second to no ref- refund in the sprint race that day. And the Cruiser also won on that day, and as did Music Award. So it's a great form line, that particular race, the David and BB Second Memorial Mutterborough Cup. Uh, but what a grand campaign a boy has in old heroism that Jason Babarovich kicked home. He loves going to Mutterborough. It's his 19th start um, since winning there uh, at Mutterborough last year and he's been 11 times in the placing and every time he goes there he just grows another leg and he got up again and won the final event on the program for Jason Babarovich over therapy and helmet head. Still going strong as a 10 year old and he's won three and placed once from four at the track. Timmy Brummel, as I mentioned, a double there on the day. Zook has his first winner. His second came with Country Roads for Tony Schofield. Cutest money going off, defeating all sorted and Taya Mina match. Boy Forster's treble was completed when Jason Babarovich rode Highland Eagle. It won its maiden at Longreach two starts back. The Air Force Blue Gelding defeated She Made Me Do It in Hot Chocolate. And London Ruler bounced back to winning form to give Tony Schofield the first of her winning double with that other winner, Country Roads. Jason Misson, class prevailed, 64 kilos, 
got the better of the field and defeated El Jaroba and El uh, and only Emma. And this was another one coming through a fourth at Longreach on Cup Day. So it was great to see that Mutterborough meeting finally occur, um, Tony, uh, to get that underway because it uh, it was washed out earlier in the year and it was so pleasing to get it out of the way because the storms came as we left Mutterborough and uh, about a 16 mils of rain drenched the area on Saturday. Yeah, I heard a few stories that were like that last week. Um, Junda had their Cup meeting a couple of weeks ago and about four yeah. days later ended up underwater. They were lucky that the storms didn't come through a week earlier or the race meeting wasn't held a week later. And I think Cloncurry was something similar last Friday as everyone was packing up and uh, heading off. Uh, yeah, the, the storms rolled in there as well. We love taking the rain and we love getting the races through at the same time. So at the moment, Tony, we've got the uh, the best of both worlds and and that great, great racing continued on the weekend when we uh, had the Bowen Cup. And here's a horse that we need to keep a close eye on in terms of country cups in Wise Dragon. Wise Dragon has gone to the lead, coming to the home turn, and Graham Cleesey shooting for seven cups. He comes into the straight by about two lengths of the 350. Ask me tomorrow, he will achieve a running on, then Dawson Diamond, followed by Battle on the outside. But Wise Dragon, 200 to go, two in front. Ask me tomorrow's in pursuit. They've kicked well clear of Dawson Diamond and Battle. It's Wise Dragon with 100 to go. He's got the cup shot, the bits Wise Dragon, and Wise Dragon for Graham Cleesey, seven Bowen Cups. Wins by three links to us, Minamore, Dawson, Diamond third. They will follow next time. I love it when the, the caller like Tony Wode throws that into the call there, Rob. Uh, seven Bowen Cups for Graham Cleesey, Wise Dragon, part of a winning double for trainer Stephen Bush. And what a training effort he's uh, having, Stephen uh, Bush. He had a double, I think, in the uh, provincials. But uh, Graham Cleesey, congratulations. Uh, seven Bowen Cups and Wise Dragon. Keep an eye out on this Fiorenti going towards uh, the Country Cups. He's going to be on pace and hard to beat. Uh, Stephen Bush, of course, also trained Picton for a win with Graham Cleesey, uh, getting that double there. Another couple of things to note out of that meeting. Raiden, grand old performer, got up as a nine-year-old taking the uh, open handicap over Boomgate and focus for Robert Kirkwood and uh, Jeffrey, Jeffrey Felix. And the other winners coming through the meeting, She's Marvellous, Bonnie Thompson, Elby Molino, I excels for Ian Shaw and Natalie Summers. So Wise Dragon, I would think you've really got to keep start looking at the form for some of these horses going forward uh, to the Country Cups, Tony. Atherton was the other meeting that uh, came through in North Queensland. We saw Kyle Hocking make the transfer from Victoria to the uh, the far north, as reported with a great story on the Racing Queensland website. He was able to pick up a winner at his first meeting in the north as part of a double for trainer Scott Cooper. Cajito for Scott Cooper and Kyle Hocking, and it was a great ride as well. Very well-judged pace ride over Denise's pride and Milar Miss and Aquila, another good ride. Shane Pawsey from the back of the field along the rails for Scott Cooper. So a race-to-race double for Scott Cooper, and I think Kyle Hocking will be sought, sought after by uh, trainers in the area. And Charlie Hoffman, also a double with Star Philly and Bonnie Thon, and the other winner on the day, Alex Malief with uh, R2B. Uh, at the Atherton meeting and also a couple of two-year-old official trials, Tony, out of that uh, meeting on the weekend. But a race record went off at the meeting. Cunnamulla transferred to Roma when Menindi, another one that's came through the Longreach um, meeting, second at Longreach to the Cruiser, sets a track record by 7.25 lengths over Phoenix and King Coney in the benchmark 65. They're in the straight and Menindi skipped away. Menindi put about 
Four links on, running into second, Phoenix, and then early plea. Down the outside, King Coney runs on with Art by Cotcord, but it's all Menindi. Menindi wins by six links, second, Phoenix. Third, King Coney, fourth out by Concord. Early yeah, new thousand metre record there, 57.64 was the other hand time there for Menindi in the benchmark 65. Part of a winning treble for Amy Graham and Wayne Baker on Sunday. Yeah, Menindi kicked it off and then they followed up with Bubble Bath in the maiden as well as Buddy Ollie in the benchmark 45 as well as Brooke Richardson going all the way down from Cloncurry to pick up a win for Uncle Pat Richardson on Jockberg in the open. Handicap loves the track. Four from four. Defeated Forged in Stone and Tycoon Zip. Paul Hamlin, uh, we heard earlier with wins at uh, Emerald. Shotgun Sonny took the cutest money for Paul and Craig Smith, the Tycoon ruler. Uh, Galloper and the other winner on the day saw Sophie Wilcock uh, for Shane Iverson on Nick the Skip uh, take out the uh, open handicap, the sprint race over the 1,000 metres as well as Sophie getting a double on Gazman now having two wins, three placings this last five for William Pugsley in the Class B. So great to see that meeting going ahead. Cunnamulla moved to Roma, but we continue on with great country racing this weekend, Tony, and I know I've got the Black Hall meeting, the Black Hall Cup to look forward to. Plenty of other meetings to report on next week. Yeah, we're off to, uh, well, tab meetings first of all. Townsville Thursday, Kilcoy Friday and Saturday, Rockhampton for their, uh, they have a big, big crowd turn up at the St Peter's Caulfield Cup race day. Black Hall Cup day, as you mentioned, for the Barco Amateurs on the weekend. Uh, you and Amateur Turf Club are racing Saturday as well. It's Innisfail Cup day. That's also got a country stampede qualifier. Baringa Cup day for the Maranoa Diggers at Mitchell. As Paul mentioned, Stanthorpe Cup day. That's also a country cups challenge qualifier. It's Wandai Cup day for the South Burnett Race Club. And I want to give a mention as well, Mad Isa have a tap beating coming up Monday of next week, 17th of October, that will feature the Les Huddy Memorial Bracelet. So a busy week on the way. Great to see those TAB meetings in the northwest, and uh, great get your stories to me, just like Roger Kavner did. Uh, email me at barkersnews at optusnet.com.au. We'll be back next week uh, telling all the great news out of country racing. Good morning, Tony. Good morning, listeners. Good on you, Rob, and thank you to Rob Luck, Paul Dolan, and Scott Power for joining us this week on Bushbeat. Best of luck to all of the clubs and all participants racing this weekend, and we'll be back with you next Tuesday to report on it once again here on Bushbeat on Radio Tab.